This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to the Big Squid Podcast. It's our first Space Podacy episode for Season 7. So join Ben Elwood and me as we tackle the 1990 classic, Total Recall. I'm excited to have Ben back for our first Space Policy episode for 2023. And just between us, we've already recorded two other episodes and one has a special guest. You know what, I reckon I'll tell you who that is and what the next film is at the end of this podcast, so you can wait until then to find out that juicy news. A couple of things to share with you before we get into today's podcast. So first up, my solo show, Little Victories, will be appearing at the Adelaide Fringe for five nights only. That's right, five nights, starting on the 28th of February. It is my first Adelaide Fringe in quite a few years, and all my Big Squid listeners can access a discount for those tickets. Now, before I tell you what that discount is, I need to also let you know that I'll be appearing for two dates only at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. It's my first Comedy Fest since 2019. And so on April 16th, I will be hosting a live Big Squid podcast. And then on the 17th, my solo show, Little Victories, will be appearing for one night only. So all of you can access the Big Squid discount for any of the three shows by using the promo code PODCAST. That's right. Very simple. PODCAST. So use that. Save yourself some money. That's my thank you to you for being a listener of this podcast. And I'd love to see you there. And look, to be completely honest, in the current climate, I would love to get back down to Melbourne on a regular basis. I'd like to return to Adelaide more often. I'd like to appear in more cities, but it all comes down to ticket sales. Uh, That is the ultimate test and management sees how you're selling. And if you sell out or you get close to selling out, then they start to think, oh, maybe we can do more with this. And then that would make it easier for me to return. So these are the perfect events for you to let my management know. And 
let's be honest, for you to let me know that you would like to see more of these live events. So don't wait for next time. You never know what's coming around the corner. I don't mean that in a negative way, but you just don't. So this is an excellent time to come along, bring your friends who you think are going to be up for a good time and would be into the kind of stuff that uh, I'm going to be doing either in the live podcast with friends or in my solo shows. We also have a Patreon site where you can access bonus podcasts, scripts, uh, bigger discounts for live events, works in progress, a whole lot more. And in fact, I will soon be announcing something new that will be coming to the Patreon site. It'll only be for Patreon. I'll be announcing that in the next couple of weeks while I'm working on it. But when you sign up, one of the things that you also get is an episode dedicated to you. And our shout out today goes to Alison Lowe. Hello, Alison. I deliberately waited for this episode knowing your love of sci-fi. And uh, for everyone else, Alison has been coming to my live shows and has been a great supporter for a long time now. I've known her since she was pretty young. Uh, she's also a fantastic cosplayer and all-round top human. So this is uh, a very nice uh, way of giving her a shout-out. And uh, Alison, I have to know, have you ever dressed up as Arnie for any of his films or this film? Maybe Sharon Stone? Maybe you could cosplay as the taxi driver? I reckon you'd probably nail all of them, to be honest. But anyway, Alison, thanks for being a Patreon supporter and I look forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks at the Adelaide Fringe. For the rest of you, if you'd like an episode dedicated to you and access to all sorts of bonus goodies, head to patreon.com forward slash Justin Hamilton and you will find a tier that suits you. All right, strap yourselves in because we're going to take a journey to the year 2084 and hang out with Douglas Quaid, a bored construction worker who dreams of visiting the colonised Mars. He visits Recall, a company that plants false memories into people's brains to give them the experience of visiting Mars without having to travel there. But something goes wrong during the procedure and soon Quaid discovers his entire life is a false memory. Now he's on the run, and not only must he discover who is after him, but also discover who he really is. It's time to join Arnold Schwarzenegger in Total Recall. Your mind. It is the center of your life. It is everything you hear. Everything you see, everything you feel, it is everything you are. How would you know if someone stole your mind? Arrest that woman! Quaid. Cut. Get ready for a surprise. We can't let him run around. He knows too much. They've got your bug. I get a lock. There! And the bug's in your skull. Take this thing out of the case and stick it up your nose. Don't worry, it's self-guiding. Got him. I lost him. 
You got a lot of nerve showing your face around here. Look who's talking. They erased your identity and implanted a new one. If I'm not me, who the hell am I? He's got a hologram! Welcome to Johnny Cab. Drive! Where can I take you tonight? <laughs> Please fasten your seatbelt. <laughs> I want Quaid delivered alive for reimplantation. That's for making me come to Mars. You wouldn't hurt me. After all, we're married. Consider that a divorce. Hope you enjoyed the ride. Already laughing evilly as we uh, <laughs> press record. Uh, I had a real um, interesting time with this film, mm. and it is uh, anyway. Before we get into it, when did you first see this movie? Ooh, probably. It must have been as a teenager. Mm. Definitely. I remember being very upset by the ultra violence as a teenager. Like the ultra violence where when Jesus. you watch it now, it's like, oh, the Hoven, you maniac. But as a teenager, it was like, uh, you know, when that um, when that body gets machine gunned on the Mate, we will get to that. We will again. get to that. <laughs> Jesus shit. I've got to be honest. I'm a little, because I'm, <laughs> I'm now quite soft when it comes to Same. violence, yeah. you know. So I was sitting here going. Uh, that's a lot. It is a lot, but I think Verhoeven does violence in such a... It's so extreme... Yes. ...that it kind of circles back into some kind of, like, almost Tarantino-esque cartoon violence where... I mean, it helped. I was watching this maybe five white Russians deep with two friends (laughs) and we were, like, hooting and carrying on. But I remember as a teenager being... Like, I loved it. But being really upset by the sliminess and just how visceral parts of this movie are. Yeah, for sure. Um, the animatronic work is second to none. Out of control. It's some of the best animatronic work ever, ever, ever. Yeah. The So it's interesting. I have been racking my brain of all the things that, you know, like our regular segments for Space Podacy. Mm. And uh, this is been the hardest question to answer because I honestly can't remember when really? I saw this. I have no memory of when I saw it. I'm guessing it was on video at home. Sure. I don't think I saw it at the cinema. And the thing that was really interesting, which we'll get into a little bit later, is I'm just not an Arnie fan. Like, really? Yeah. Mm. Well, b- bizarrely, I like him more now. And the thing that made me like right. him more now... Like as a guy sure. that like likes him more now is did did you um, did you hear that story about Robert De Niro going up to a Schwarzenegger in huh. in a New York restaurant in 2017 no. and abusing him <laughs> for Donald Trump getting in and Schwarzenegger turning around saying I did not vote for him like you know <laughs> <laughs> wow what an interaction <laughs> why'd you do that yeah. why'd you do that yeah. Arnold. 
<laughs> you fucking idiot. Uh, it's so funny that wow. like, like De Niro and Schwarzenegger arguing, but you know De Niro's obviously you know a yeah. Democratic lefty, and Arnie's a Republican. But he was like, no, 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 don't bring me into this. Yeah, and he was very he was very vocal in being anti-Trump. Yeah. So anyway, but um, I, I clocked something which we will discuss later. But I finally, I'd, like, I've never really thought about it uh. as to why I wasn't. A fan, yeah, and I've I've worked it out, but oh. I will we'll get into it a little bit later. Can I po- can I suggest why I was a fan, which might be the reason you weren't a fan? Oh yeah, for sure. I well, was, well you can do it now. Well, That's no, fine. I, I, yeah. I wouldn't say I was a fan, but I reckon I was the prime a- when when Arnold was at his absolute zenith. Yeah, I was the perfect age. Yes. So when Terminator Two came out, I was ten or eleven years old. Yeah, and I mean, I think I I, I definitely saw that at the cinema. Yeah. Uh, which a couple of years after I thought was really wrong. And the more you think about Terminator 2, it actually is like an Amblin movie, like a more right. violent Amblin movie. But yeah. it, is a, it is a good movie for a 10 or 12-year-old boy to watch. Yeah. Um, and well, so, it's, a, it's a young boy who yeah. needs protecting. Yeah, who he has, has his a... dad, father figure as a robot. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and I think all of his, you know, uh, that, that run that he did of Terminator 2, um, I was a bit young for Predator and stuff, but caught up with that. Yeah. Um, but Last Action Hero, like all of those movies, even Kindergarten Cop, I was great age for it. Yeah. You know, and then when I became a teenager, that's when the whole kind of like, it was a meme before memes, but the meme of like how funny he is and all the catchphrases right. started. So it was funny as a teenager to be like, get to the chapter yeah. and all that stuff. So I just think that it, it landed through the keyhole of the perfect time in my life. Yeah. Those movies. Whereas I think if I was, you know, 10, 20 years older, it would have been like, Ugh, dude. So the thing that didn't work for me, uh, and once again, I've only worked this out now, is that he's an alpha male. So to me, when he's making jokes, it's like, it's... It's the equivalent of the footy show. Yeah, right. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm an alpha male and I'm the, I'm the funniest person alive. Yeah. And you go, fuck you. It's like the bully making a quip after he flushed your head down the toilet. Like it, it literally, <laughs> that's perfect. That is the perfect description of it. And it was like, anyway. Uh, well, we'll get into it. Uh, but, you know, the, this makes for some interesting chat further mm, down. Mm. Uh, segment, Google me, Chuck. Top four responses when you Google Total Recall. Was Total Recall a flop? It, and was it? it? No, it no. was an instant success. Of course, yeah. It was massive. Well, he was at the height of his powers. Oh, yeah. So, well, almost um, almost the, the start of the height of his powers because even though, like, you know, because, yeah. like... This is pre-T2. No, I think this is after T2, okay. but it's, you know, this is... He's gone from Conan to Terminator. Yeah. You know, it's going, yeah, it's going, yeah. in, it's Predator, going in the right direction. Commando. Uh, is Total Recall 2012 a sequel? No. Oof. Um, I have not seen that. Don't ever see it. Yeah. Once again, my Colin Farrell theory. Either, either He did it for the money. Either he's just made the wrong uh, blockbusters, but I saw The Banshees of Inner Sheeran. It was one of my favourite movies of the year. And Farrell's is, fucking awesome, man. He's stunning. I mean, we've, 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 yeah. our, our opinion on Farrell is, uh, Can you is give it well to documented. That's breakfast, lunch and dinner. It ain't fucking there. I'm telling you what. If you don't know what that is, just look it up. Mate, it's never not funny. <laughs> like, it's never not funny. <laughs> This, yes, is, I, this I, is how good the Banshees of Inner Sheeran was. I did not think that once until like much later on when I was discussing it with my friend. <laughs> I want him to do a remake of that scene, but in his penguin makeup. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wow. I wonder if he'd go full character and have, have the Colin Farrell oh, technique. Oh, that's breakfast, lunch, and dinner right there. Yeah. Would he, would, would, he, would he keep the Colin Farrell technique or would he go Oswald <laughs> Cobblepot <laughs> technique? Like Oswald eating that fish in Batman Returns. Goodness. <laughs> Man, that was a hell of a sentence you just dropped then. <laughs> Sorry, it's been a minute, hasn't it? Jesus Christ Um, Anyway You know what I want that too (laughs) If we ever meet him We'll try and suggest it Uh, Uh, Yes the total Just 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 a quick point The the Total Recall uh, Remake Whatever you want to call it it Is Hideously bad Yes And it's the Zack Snyderfication Of Something classic Where they You know Check it out We've got the image Here's the woman With three tits Remember that from the original? Right. It's that right. kind of thing. Where it's like, oh, okay, good. Yeah. Right. yeah. Um, it just kind of stank of... And, you know, we'll get into this later, but like Kate Beckinsale, mm. she's no Sharon Stone. It was just the... It's the early... It's that early teens. It's that early teens franchise recognition yeah. kind of stuff. It's awful. Like... You you are going to have to endure a lot of me talking about Sharon Stone in this because I think she is phenomenal. I think uh, Brian Cranston's the villain. I think he's Cohagen in the is remake. He? I right, think so. Right. Uh, the two other top questions uh, was Total Recall a dream? Nineteen uh, ninety. And what is the message of Total Recall? The message <laughs> is: if you're a big guy and you know how to fire a gun and you have delusions, uh, like just just go for it. You blew my cover. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, first context, these are some of the sci-fi movies that came out before and after. So, 1985 is Back to the Future, 86 is Aliens, 87 is Predator, 88, I've just put this in here because I've never heard of it, but it just made me laugh, Hell Comes to Frogtown, starring wrestler Rowdy Roddy Piper. Oh, Roddy. Uh, I'll have to ask Rove if he's seen it. Uh, 1989 was The Abyss. Yeah. 1991, sorry, T2 comes out afterwards. Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Uh, so, 19- you're after Total Recall. Yes. Yeah, sure. 1992 is Alien 3. 1993 is Robocop 3. So, suddenly you're seeing yeah. you know, some yeah. uh, sequels and uh, Suddenly blah, blah, you're starting blah, blah. to see the, uh, the death of, um, of, nuance, of nuance and originality. Yes. Uh, the year that was 1990, we get back to the future part 3. Yeah. Uh, I can't. I watched all three of those movies. I'd never seen. I like two, second much. and third. You know, like, oh really? You've never seen the second? Yeah, yeah. Wow. So I, I, I think um, by the time these movies came out, I just, I reckon I'd just aged out. Uh. So I saw the first one at the perfect time, and then by the time the second and third ones came out, I think I'm seeing things like I'm probably segueing into things like Good Morning Vietnam and. You know, yeah, yeah, like yeah, kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. more grown yeah, up fair. Adult movies. Yeah. yeah but I, I have to be honest, watching all three of them, I, I didn't mind the third one. I was kind of fascinated that it becomes a, you know, I probably wouldn't have liked it when I was younger, but mm. at this age, I was like, oh, the third one's old yeah. people falling in love. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. That's quite sweet. Yeah. Um, and then also, I just, I still love Michael J. Fox and, you know, where he is at now. It's like, oh, God, you were so great. Mm. So, uh, so Back to the Future Part 3, Dark Man, oh, Edward yeah. Scissorhands, mm. Robocop 2. And once again, I've just put this in here because it made me laugh. Frankenhooker. Frank, I remember Frankenhooker. Yeah, yeah. I recently watched Robocop 2. Never seen it before. Oh, yeah. 
It's interesting. Yeah. It's half a great movie. Right. Interesting. Half a great movie. Right. But, uh, yeah, this Which one. half? Uh, it, it nails the... The uh, The... the <laughs> <laughs> it nails the... Um, very cynical outlook about modern society that the first one has. Right, yeah. Like, I was surprised how funny it is. Yeah. Uh, it suffers from that early 90s sequelitis where it's like, hey, here's a cute but incorrigible kid inserted into the film for some reason. It's <laughs> like, I don't know why we need a kid in the Robocop movie. But it was, it was, as, it was as Robocop had kind of become a franchise aimed towards kids. I, like, you would have been too yeah. old to know this at the right. time. But when I was growing up, Robocop was... Like, there was an animated TV show, Saturday morning TV show, Robocop. There was, like, action figures and all the rest. And I didn't see the original Robocop until about 20... I was in my mid-30s by the time I saw Robocop. And I'm watching it going, this is one of the most horrifically violent, cynical and hateful movies. And when I say cynical and hateful, it's at at all the right targets. Yes. Uh, And it's one of my favourite... Yeah. schlock fucking action movies of all time. It's, it's actually brilliant. Yeah. But you're looking at it going, what coked up fucking executive thought that this should be aimed at children? This yeah. is out of control. Yeah. Like there's a scene in that, you talk about Verhoeven violence, the scene where McMurray, whatever his name yeah. is, who's the actor that plays him? Uh, Pete Welker. Paul, Paul Welker, is pa- Peter Welker. Peter, Peter Welker. Welker. The, the scene where Peter Welker is being um, shotgunned, his arms and legs are blown off you know, the, the the event that turns him into Robocop is one of the most... Like, the first time I ever watched it... I Peter to, Weller. Peter Weller. Yeah. I had to turn the movie off halfway through that scene. I was like, I'm not in a place to watch this. This is so fucking graphic. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so... Hey, what a great franchise for kids. That's so funny. Well, it, it, it kind of... That happens in the 80s, 90s, doesn't it? With... Um, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was a, yes. was a scruffy, scratchy pastiche of... Frank Miller and uh, yep. you know his Daredevil and Ronan and stuff yep. like that. Very violent comics. And then suddenly it's um, mm-hmm. it's this beautiful rounded mm-hmm. animated yep. series. Yeah, yeah. They yep. like pizza. Very interesting story that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle story. Why, why that all happened? Why did that happen? Um, the I think it was Mattel. It was one of the big toy oh, yeah. companies. They bought the license for the comic, right? And they were like, "This is sick. There's so many different characters you can make action figures out of." And so the animated series was just an extended advertisement for the action figures. Right. Again, I was of that age where yeah. I was, whatever I was, seven or eight when Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles first came out. And it was like, that was the first thing that I ever remember, like, needing. Yes. I need those toys. Yeah. Um, you know, and you don't know at the time. But it was like He-Man, all those yeah. shows, Strawberry Shortcakes. They were all for, they were all extended advertisements of toys. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that amazing that toys are so profitable? that you can spend millions of dollars making an animated series and it still is like a drop in the in the um, the budget. Oh, yeah. It's wild. Well, it's, it's amazing how toys have, you know, uh, toys inspired The Secret Wars. Yeah. Uh, comic book series, yeah. which gives us the, you know, the first, I think that's the first of the modern, uh, you know, big blockbuster comic book series, yeah. which, you know, now happen every three months. Um, oh God. And uh, don't toys give us Ewoks? I think so. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, the um, one of my one of the funniest stories about toys is um, in Armageddon, there's um, the spaceships have guns on them. Yeah, and Michael Bay admits in the commentary track, he's like, "Yeah, no, I know that spaceships don't have guns on them, but uh, 
Mattel contacted us during the making of the film and said that spaceships with guns on them sell more units. <laughs> so yep. That's why we put the guns on the spaceships. Put some guns. <laughs> uh, everything ruins everything. <laughs> Uh, so let's get into the movie. We open with Arnie as Douglas Quaid waking from a nightmare where he's on Mars in a spacesuit, holding hands with a woman in a spacesuit when the ground falls out from beneath him. Quaid falls, smashes his face mask, and his head begins to explode. That's <laughs> uh, so good. That, that, that it reminded me like that. Uh, that this is one of the reasons why I want to watch Outland uh. again for this podcast because uh. that was the first time I'd seen the head kind of exploding from being uh, in contact with, with yeah. space. So, uh, Quade Falls smashes his face mask. His head begins to explode. When he wakes up, he's next to his wife, Laurie, played by Sharon Stone. Have you ever woken up from a dream like this? Have you ever woken up yeah. bathed in sweat, yeah. sitting upright? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's awful. Yeah, yeah. There's a dream. <laughs> I, there's a, I still remember it so clearly. A, dream, a, a nightmare I had when I was 15. Yeah. So, you know. Fuck, 25 years ago. Yeah. Uh, and I literally, like like the cliche, like shot up, right-angled, yeah. ah, like drenched in sweat. Yeah. And to this day, I think about imagery from that dream, and I'm like, oh, yuck. Yeah. Yuck. It was awful. Wow. Awful dream. It's, uh, it's, it's a bit of a cliche in movies and mm. TV shows, but it is a cliche because it... <laughs> it does happen. Well, just like, and, and that moment when you have... Like, I've had a couple of those types... But that moment of just abject relief that washes over you, yeah, when you realise it's it's not real, like yeah. your brain hasn't caught up to the fact that it's not real yet, you're still traumatised, yeah. But uh, my God, like talk about fucking, you know, <laughs> there's situations in life where you're like, oh, I wish this was a dream. Oh and it's yeah, that, it's that equivalent, you know, like oh, it's fascinating. You know, I think the problem with discussing dreams is that they've been ruined by people who don't have anything interesting to say about them. Mm, mm, mm. But they are fascinating. Of and course. Especially the, the, the two types of dreams that feel real. There's the one where you have no idea and mm. then you wake up and you're like, oh, yeah. oh, I'm here. Yeah. Okay. And then there's those moments in the dream when you go, oh, I don't reckon this is happening. Yeah. And they've, they're both yeah. fascinating kind of experiences. Like, and sometimes I've tried to work my way out of the dream. Oh, mm. no, 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 no. I'm not really enjoying this. Time to wake up. Time to wake up. Let's wake up. Can't wait to wake up. Wake yeah. up. Then you wake up. Great. It's an incredibly surreal moment where you realize my trigger when I dream, when I know I'm dreaming is that I start running on all fours. That's oh, really? That, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I spend a time trying to uh, teach myself to lucid dream. Right. I don't know if you've ever lucid dreamed. It's f- yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's full on. Yeah. Um, Do you want to explain that for people? Lucid dreaming is the act of recognizing that you're in a dream uh, and that revelation is not so overwhelming that it wakes you up. Yeah. Uh, but you are able to stay within the dream and then control the dream. Yeah. So basically Constructed. you can do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, the master lucid dreamers, you know, they can live whole other lives. They can do yeah. whatever they want. Um, I never got to that phase. Um, but yeah, the moment I would... The, the trigger for me... Because people talk about, you know, the way to start training yourself to lucid dream is to do things like every time you're in a room in waking life, flick the lights on and off or look at the palms of your hands. Just do a thing. And when you're in the dream, like for instance, when you're in a dream and you look at the palm of your hands, because there's so much specific detail, a lot of the time in dreams, like the palms of your hands start to swirl or whatever. There's, There's just some kind of thing where it's like, wait a second, that's different from... 
yeah. what I'm used to, which may, am I dreaming? Yeah. Or even to ask yourself, am I dreaming? Yeah. And then you start kind of by habit doing it in the dream. Yeah, but mine is when I when I when when I run in my dreams, I run like like an animal, like on all yeah, fours, right. and I make these huge bounds. Yeah, like and that's and a lot of the time it, it doesn't make me realize like I'm running, but a lot of the time it's like oh you don't run on all fours, yeah, oh you're right. dreaming. Right, right. I have to say, if someone told me you're going to wake from a nightmare five times a week, but when you wake, <laughs> you're lying next to your wife Sharon Stone, I'd take it. <laughs> <laughs> Even if she is a spy pretending to be my wife. Who gives a shit? <laughs> Who gives a shit? Um, I, um, you know, like, I think she stands out so much in this film. Mm. Like, it's just, like, I think she's the best thing in the film. I th- really? Yeah. I think she's so good. I, I just think she plays wow. her part to perfection. And, she does. And, um, but, you know, I remember seeing her and going, wow, like, out of control and she's gorgeous. Yep. But I remember reading an interview with her where she said that her perfect guy was short with glasses and I went, I'm here. Let's do this. I'll date you. Like I'm, you know, I'm barely through puberty, but... Uh, <laughs> I'm short and I got glasses. I'm happy to, you know, <laughs> fill your needs. But... Um, it's nice when you hear stuff like that as a, uh, as as a, a teenager. Well, and the, you know what? Back in... Yeah. Back in the 90s, that's not what was being said. Uh-huh. You know, now there is... Yeah. Do you, you know, think she was being sincere or she was being a troll? No, I think she's she's a super smart woman. So, uh-huh. I think... I, I don't think... You know, I think what she's essentially saying is if you're, if you're a thicky, then yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah, interested. Sure, so, sure. I think that's kind of more what she was getting at. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, um, I tell you what, the most unbelievable thing about this movie is that um, Arnold Schwarzenegger is a blue-collar labourer Married to Sharon Stone. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, we'll get to that later on as well. Um, uh, we've got some stuff in the squid bits about that too. Uh, so, the next day we learn from the news that it is 2084 and Mars is not only colonized, but mining magnate Vilos Kohagen uh, controls the mining... Kohagen. Kohagen. It's double A. I guess it's still... Kohagen! Uh, controls the mining of the valuable turbinium. It's <laughs> great. It's great. Come on. It's, it's no unobtainium, <laughs> yeah. but it's uh, it's great. Uh, meanwhile, terrorists are fighting back against the corporation, and weirdly, uh, this feels like the most realistic part of the film. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Th- this is exactly what will happen. Of course. They'll go up to Mars, they'll find some stuff. Of course. It'll, it'll be miners, they'll yeah. be digging in. Yeah. It's like all the stuff on the moon in um, at Astra. Yes. It's like, oh, yeah, no, that's completely what it'll be. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it, it, for, for a movie that's got big set pieces and, uh, you know, obviously has a lot of, um, you know, is it real, is it not real and mm, all of that mm. kind of stuff, there is um, like a lot of, it, it works because a lot of these things are grounded in yeah. what would happen or Absolutely. what happens here, essentially. So, I'd forgotten that part of it because you kind of you know you remember all the set pieces yeah. but uh, it was like oh yeah this is actually got a solid uh, foundation well and a lot of the like like all great sci-fi movies a lot of the technology that seems crazy mm. is real now yeah you know those 3d scanners oh yeah uh, sorry the x-ray scanners yeah. the um even the led screens in the yeah. apartment you know like oh now we're in a forest like, yeah that's for real that's for real yeah uh, Quaid, Quaid is keen to go to Mars, but his hot wife and co-workers talk him out of it. 
In a world where X-ray machines are massive, taxis can be automated. There's yeah, another there one. Go, yeah. uh, you can change your nail colour with a plastic pen. I don't know. Can you do that? Like, um, I don't know. Don't have fake nails, but no. I'm sure there is. But there's equivalent on um, touch screens and stuff. You know, it yeah. might not be attached to your to your um, to your body, but I'm sure yeah. you know. Sure, it's just around the corner. Just around the corner. Uh, Quaid sees an advert for Recall, which can place fake memories in your mind that convinces you that you had a holiday. If oh. this were real, would you do it? And what type of holiday would you go on? Uh, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> it's arguable that I have done it with certain substances, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, I was about to say straight out no. Probably not these days, but a, but, but a younger version of me that was much more um, uh, uh, loosey-goosey with my, um, my sanity and my consciousness mm. would have. Mm. Um, I've done substances that, you know, they take you to different dimensions. They make you forget that you are a human being in a lounge room doing a thing. Mm. Uh, and some of the most intense, profound experiences of my life I've ever had were in those realms. And, you know, I know logically that I didn't actually go to a different place, that I was just me and it was all happening in my brain. But it doesn't mean it's any less real. Right. And these experiences had profound effects on me. Yeah. And I think back on them as though they are true memories. Right. You know, um, wild stuff, like crazy stuff. Like what? Um, what can you share with us? I just, well, it depends. Like, you know, like when I was about 10 years ago, I was mucking around with um, stuff called DMT, mm-hmm. uh, which really like you shoot out of the top of your skull and you go to Yeah, explain hole. to people what DMT well, is. D- di- it's di- Joe Rogan talks about it a lot, so I hate fucking even mentioning it, but whatever, I was into it before he ever said anything about it. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a substance called dimethyltryptamine. Uh, it, is, it exists naturally in the pineal gland of your brain yeah. uh, and it releases in very, very minuscule amounts when you are dreaming. Yeah. So they think that a lot of the dream space that you enter is as a result of dimethyltryptamine uh and allegedly when you die your brain floods with it floods with it like Um, you know and uh there's um there's someone i know who was in a car accident who mm. that that flooded him and then he's never like he survived Mm. but he's never quite been the same since well i don't think i've ever been quite the same since i had a very very intense experience on it i think it changed me and i don't and I, i don't know if it was Good or bad or anything, there's no there's no point even trying to pass it because it happened a very long time ago. But I was I reckon I was clinically insane for a few months after it. It, right. it I was convinced that I died. Right. Utterly convinced that I died. I had the whole the whole experience of leaving my body, beings made of time and language unfolded before me and explained mm. to me very calmly that I died. Uh, they explained the meaning of all reality which was hilarious because it was so basic. Mm. Um, and I remember la- like laughing and like, oh, that's, that's what we've all been killing ourselves over. Mm. It was literally, I can't explain it because it's even what I'm explaining is nothing. It's a shade. It's all language. But it was the equivalent of like, bloop. Yeah. Like, oh, really? That's it? Right. Uh, and then I saw everything that my atoms had ever been since the beginning of time, all the rocks and all the trees and all the dinosaurs and all the birds and, and me in the middle... And then my body atomized and I was nothing but consciousness. 
And then when my consciousness started to dissipate, that's when I was like, you're dead. You're yeah. absolutely dead. Yeah. And then I shot awake in my living room and I was like, yeah. And that was a very, that wasn't just like, whoa, I saw some pretty colors. Anyway, I was very not well after that experience. So these are not states that I would recommend people mm. fuck with. Yeah. Uh, and it disturbs me when I hear people just, you know, Oh, I smoked some DMT and did a rail of ketamine and went to a nightclub. Like, what? That's yeah. crazy, dude. Don't yeah. do that. Yeah. You know, like these are not games that you should be playing with lightly. Anyway, all of that is to say that uh, I have done versions of recall, mm. but not with the specific, I'm going to Mars. Right. <laughs> Which is much more dangerous. It's kind of like, I'll have this thing and I don't know where I'm going to go. Right. It could be fucking terrifying. It could be awesome. Well, it's funny, like, you know, when he goes in and he has the options and mm. it can, you can be, you know, a mm. super spy and mm. all that kind of stuff. Mm. Uh, like, if I'm if I'm going to have a fake memory, I, I want it to be the opposite of adventure. I want a relaxing holiday. Absolutely. Where I saw some, like, I, I don't want it to be anything other than uh, I saw nice oceans and I mm. saw nice things in mm. front of me and I was really relaxed. Mm. And I also have the memory of reading heaps of books that I'm never <laughs> going to get around to reading because who can be fucked? Yeah, 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 yeah. But I loved all of the books that yeah. I read. Books in a pill. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, I read all the works of Dostoevsky. I read all of uh, the works of Socrates. Oh, what a great memory. I, I really loved them too. <laughs> yeah, I always said that I would never do that now. Like fucking... Please inject the world, the works of Charles Dickens into my arm. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> like I've I've read quite a bit this year, and I haven't gotten through <laughs> as much as I wanted. Of course not. Um, would you do? Would you do recall? Like in that way? Well, just yeah. Like, would you? Would you trust like to a ha- company to strap you into a chair? Well, it and would put a thing over you know, your head and not, you know, not um, not in the first few years that it's out, <sighs> you know. Like, I didn't buy the first iPod. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I waited until, you know, there there were a few versions of it. And then I went, oh, yeah, this seems to be working. I'll get that. I think I'm too, I think at this stage, I'm too suspicious of multinational corporations. I don't think I would do do it. Well, you know, if you're. Like, not my brain. You don't get into my brain. No, 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 no. Well, no, I look. So that's a different question. Yeah. Would you do it in the real world where it would be monetized, blah, 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 blah? No. Yeah. As an idea, would you do it? Like, yeah, you know, like I've had a full-on few months. If I can add, at the the beginning of January, if I can add two more weeks of holiday as as a feeling that refreshes me. Yeah. You know, like I've been, what's helped me get through this time has been melatonin, which gives me a deeper sleep. Sure. I don't take it all the time, but sure. I just take it and get a deeper sleep. Yeah. So if it was more like, a, oh, I feel like I've had an extra two weeks of holidays, I'll take that. That's an interesting question. Like, is an, is an experience real? Like, what makes an experience real? Like, if your brain thinks it's real, it's real, right? Yeah, Like, it doesn't need sure. to have happened. Yeah, well, that's why, I, that, but that's why I wouldn't have... I wouldn't use it for adventure. I'd yeah. use it to, um, uh, you know, uh, get myself back on track. Mm. So if I've only got two weeks of holidays, mm. why wouldn't I take it to give me an extra two weeks? Sure. So then I come back refreshed. Sure. Because that's the thing. Like, you know, I mean, obviously we're probably getting a bit too deep for a fucking bang, bang action movie. But, uh, you know, like... Uh, no, no, of Yeah, course. but this is a pretty... But like, you know, the, 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 the notion that you could just, you know, say you're fucking Douglas Quaid and you're like, I want to go to Mars. 
Uh, and I do think that it, this movie is a dream. I don't think any of it's real. And I'll, I have one reason for that, thinking that. But say, say it is all a dream. And say, you know, that last line where he's like, kiss me before I wake up. Uh, and then he just wakes up in the recall machine. That all, he feels like that all happened. You don't just walk away from that going, oh, what a cool experience. Like it changes, if, you th- if your brain thinks that it all happened, yeah. you fucking rammed a drill through a guy. You fucking killed hundreds of people. Yeah. You know, like, is it just like a virtual reality experience where you're like, whoa, that was intense? Yeah. Or is it, because, you know, virtual reality, you know, like a virtual reality is a whole different metric. Like you've put the helmet on your head. You're still aware that you're you in a helmet. Yes. In a room. Yes. Shooting pixels yeah but what is the effect long term on your brain if you didn't know any of that while it was happening and yeah and it's not just and you know they say in the recall ads you know like these will be memories that you will have for the rest of your life yeah so it's not a memory of playing a game it's a memory of going to mars yeah killing all these people doing all the stuff and then you wake up and that none of that, that what i'm saying is if i couldn't get out of smoking a drug having a full-blown experience if i couldn't get out of that without paying a toll a heavy toll surely there would have to be some toll to be paid no matter what the experience was well maybe that's what the sequel should be which is uh, (laughs) a completely is um uh douglas's fucking cocoa bananas in his 70s and uh someone's using him as a uh reason to you know sue total recall and um and then someone puts the lawyer in it, and then that's a whole new adventure. Yeah, maybe that's what it should be. He's the he's the he's the um, he's the usage. Ward. There's a picture of him on the, yeah. on the packet for recall. Yeah, <laughs> don't overuse recall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, he's he's been going once a week for <laughs> the past thirty seven years. You would get. I mean, that's the other thing. You'd get. I mean, people would become very addicted to it. Oh yeah, yeah, They're yeah, becoming, definitely. You know, people are already becoming addicted to VR, but if you yeah. could do anything, yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Imagine that, like, um, uh, you know, recall with uh, warnings on the on the packaging. It has to be. Yeah, uh, yeah. We'll get into whether it happens or whether it doesn't happen uh, towards the end. But uh, Quaid goes to recall and books on a holiday on Mars with a blue Martian sky where he's a secret agent uh, who saves everyone and, and uncovers ancient alien artefacts. But before the implant can be completed, Quaid freaks out, already thinking he is a secret agent. Um, you blew my cover! Mate. So, <laughs> so all of this stuff happens. Do you know how many minutes into the movie before the action really kicks oh, in? Oh, not long. 15? So it's 19 minutes, and I reckon the opening credits are about three minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's compact. Yeah, yeah, Like yeah, it's yeah, such yeah, a yeah. compact oh, totally. film, and it's the, the storytelling is... Like, yeah. You're just totally across where everything is, bef- and, then, and then it kicks in. And, and once it kicks in, it's like Mad Max Fury Road. It doesn't stop. Oh, man, it's relentless. We don't stop to breathe once yeah. it kicks off. yeah. Uh, Quaid is attacked by his co-workers who believe he is undercover and that he shouldn't have woken up. He easily kills them and returns home where he turns for help from his wife, Laurie. Then she attacks him and confesses that she's only known him for eight weeks. Quaid goes on the run being hunted by armed men, including Laurie's real husband, Richter, who works for (laughs) Cohagen. What would you do if you were told your life was a false implant? Oh, at this stage, I'd probably believe it. I've, you know, I've I've had enough drug psychosis to go, oh yeah, it's happening again. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yep. Yep. You know what? I can't believe it. You finally told me. 
I've kind of always suspected that none of this was really happening and I was just on my right. living room carpet having a seizure. Right. <laughs> I'd be I'd be a little bit annoyed that it wasn't quite uh it wasn't slightly more successful then. It's like, yeah, oh, right. if this was an implant, why a few more like a little bit higher, thank you. Like why did you like there's nothing wrong with my life, but it could have been No, but they put you in this status as as the deep cover because you're yeah, so successful true. on Mars. Oh yes, of course. All right. Oh no, this oh no, they've given me enough then. You know what? Yeah, no, that's a good point. No, this is the right amount. Like it's he's better than his. He's just fucking breaking he's on a rocks. Hanging out with, with that fat Danny DeVito guy. Recall, recall, recall. Oh my god. <laughs> We couldn't get Danny DeVito, so we got the next best thing. Is it? <laughs> that guy's hilarious. Yeah, he's great. But um, uh, and then also, like, oh man, if I had Sharon Stone telling me that, I'd be like, great. Yeah, yeah, I'll slip back into this psychosis. This he, is fantastic. He does. He does hesitate a minute where after he finds it all out, and she goes, you know, and she knows that Richter, Richter. Yeah. She knows that Richter's on his way up and she does that. You want to have one more for old time's sake? You can see he's kind of like, oh, okay. Yeah, like, God damn. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? I'm just apologizing for my terrible Arnie, but I feel like the essence is there. No, no, it's fine. Like, it's, it's, um, it is bordering on someone else. It's bordering on sliced alone. No, 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 no. It's. I'll have to think about it. It feels like it's borderline uh, Jerry Lewis as well. Glavin. That's that. That's the. That's the essence of all my impressions. They're not good, but there's some truth there. Yeah, I'd. I'd be worried if you were too good. It'd be like, have you been practicing? Why are you practicing army? Um. Oh yeah. So, by the way, while we're you mentioned this before, but I've written in in here as a quick aside. Uh, the the language and violence. Um, <laughs> the the recall boss calls his coworker a dumb bitch, yeah. who then punches the young dirty scientist. Like three two things that can't happen in a movie now. You can't call her a dumb bitch, and you can't punch the guy with the glasses. Like. Yeah. <laughs> You dumb bitch. And the way like, he really articulates the bitch. Oh, yeah. You, you dumb, dumb bitch. bitch. It's like, whoa. <laughs> Hang on a sec. Or then there's uh, Michael Ironside's character, Richter, having one of his co-workers tell him, I wouldn't want a guy like Quaid porking my old lady. <laughs> <laughs> it's like porking. Yeah, that dirty fucking nerd. Oh, man. Uh, man. Um, right. It's so funny. Porking is just like I I have more issues with porking than I do with like swear words. Yeah. Like there's something about porking is anyway, I can't stop saying it. You have to say yes to Verhoven's vegetarian absolute porking. commitment to fucking grubbiness. Yeah, yeah. Like all of his movies are just everyone it's grot manifest. It that this movie stinks. Yeah. Everyone looks filthy. Yeah. It's and fucking, everyone oh. talks like they're terrible people. It's great though. I love yeah. the, the 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 two friends that I watched this with. We've been uh, on a a, a non. Uh, it wasn't associated with Total Recall, but we've been on a Verhoeven kick all year. Right. So whenever we meet up, whenever we hang out at their place, we always chuck on a Verhoeven. Yeah. Because it is the he is the funnest director to get drunk and hoot at. Yeah. And so we watched Benedetta, his most recent one. Have you oh yeah, that? how was that? Oh, it's out of it's out of control. Right. It was made last year. It's about lesbian nuns during the French Revolution fucking each other with uh, Virgin Mary statues carved into dildos. <laughs> like, oh yeah. No, I've got to be honest. By the end of that, I feel sold. 
<laughs> it's outrageous. And yeah. then I'd never seen Showgirls. And right. so they're like, you've got to watch Showgirls. Yeah. And again, it was just like one of the greatest nights of my life. Which is now considered a cult classic. I mean, it's awful, but right. like if I'd you know, if I'd watched it at home alone or whatever, I would have turned it off twenty minutes in. But in right. that context of yes. like, you know, that's why I more white Russians. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, it's I think great. that's how it's become a cult classic. Yeah. It's you know It's great. Hanging with friends. It's great. Yeah. Kyle McLaughlin is just out of control and yeah. everyone's like sexy trying to be sexy, but it's the most aggressive sexiness yeah. you've ever seen. So it's like yeah. off putting. Um, yeah, and then Total Recall recently, but he's all of his. You know, he did Basic Instinct, he yeah. did Robocop, Starship Troopers. They're all grot movies. Yeah, he's yeah. great. Um, by the way, we, and we also mentioned this before, but I've got it written down, which was Quaid just taking an innocent man on the escalator and using him as a human <laughs> shield for all his bullets. Like, what the fuck? And by the end, the guy has no back left. Like the squibs yeah. are just fucking yeah. like atom bombs of of gore. Yeah. <laughs> We, we now, so, you know, jump ahead, what, 22 years later, everyone's going, Superman's not saving enough people. And there's Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> going, this person will be do a good job as a shield. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Anyway. It's, it's such a testament to, um, you know, so many modern movies, they use the CG blood splatter. Right. That's probably something most people don't even fucking notice, but I hate it. Right. I hate it. The John right. Wick movies use them a lot. Right. These little CG, nothing. Yeah. And then you look at a Verhoeven movie where it's like, oh yeah, my no. God. They're covered in that gunk for days in, <laughs> in the filming. It's like it's like whole jars of strawberry jam exploding yeah. from every shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it turns out that Richter and his goons are following Quaid via a chip in his head after wrapping a damp towel around his forehead. He goes outside. By the way, good choice. Yeah, <laughs> just a uh, just a perfect choice. The wet turban. Yes, it's so like it's it's entertaining the whole time he yeah, wears yeah, it. I, I was kind of disappointed when he <laughs> sorts it out. So he wraps a damp towel around his forehead. He goes outside where a former worker has left him a suitcase that was organised to be delivered to him in case he ever went on the run. Quaid finds a quiet place and watches a video of himself where he identifies himself as Hauser, a Cohagen ally who defected after falling in love. According to Hauser, Cohagen brainwashed him to become Quaid to conceal his secrets and leave him on Earth. Hauser instructs Quaid to return to Mars and stop Cohagen. Get your ass to Mars. If, if, if you were to be brainwashed and given a new name, right. what would that name be? Justin Hamilton. Amazing. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Just put a bit more hair on top of my head and we could, you know, we could swap identities reasonably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I love it. I think that's great. Imagine that. <laughs> You'd be having a perfectly fine life. We should swap lives for a week, see what happens. No, I'm fine. <laughs> they, uh, no. <laughs> I'll, I'll turn yours around. I'll, people will be freaked out. They'll be like, geez, he's so much more positive. And call me Benjamin. <laughs> that would be my... Uh, and, and I love the set fun. of the chase. What's, what's going on with Hamo? He's like feeding the chases some really fucked up lines. Yeah, yeah. We can't use any of these. Um, I love a fake name. Yeah. That's that's why I bring it up. Like yeah. I've got so many weird nicknames from over the years. Yeah, because when I was in the Bunter Boys with Damien, right. uh, who you met in Adelaide, yes. it, it, we, there was a there was an iced coffee ad called uh, with characters called Jez and Jezza and Dougie. That right. was awful, and it was like two you know construction guys sitting on a 
long, uh, you know, seat and at the other end is a hot girl and they'd look at each other and go Jenza and the other one go Dougie and then they slam down the iced coffee and it would sit up and then the girl would you know slide slide down to them them, yeah Yeah, and they anyway but because we were Justin and Damien we would Jezza, we just went, oh, Jezza and Dougie Bunter. So that'll be our character's <laughs> name. Right. So I get, so there's a whole era of people who call me Jezza. There's a whole era of people who call me Bunter. There was, uh, I used to make a joke about, I used to make a joke where I gave myself the nickname Hamster. Uh, so I'd get Hamster, but that came from another on and off again duo that I used to do with my mate. Charlie Hill Smith, where we were stuntmen and we were called Hamster and Gerbil Cunning. We were the Cunning Stunt <laughs> Brothers and we used to do stunts and it was all... Anyway, so that was a f- thing that we used to do in Adelaide in the yeah. 90s as well. So I get Hamster. Uh, Mickey D constantly gets my name wrong, but the one that he often calls me is Jared. Uh, my mate Matt Killen calls me Jossel. Um, Juzzy. I get Juzzy. I get Hamo. Hamo, Hamo is weirdly... Yeah. In the last eight years, I was never called Hamo. Really? Never. Really? I thought Hamo was the ubiquitous one. No, it has become that one. Do I? I I mean, I just just call you Justin. Do many people just call you Justin? Yeah. 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 Like, it's all over the shop. And I, you know, it's it's funny. Um, So, it's funny. So, I, so, I, you know, early this, was it this year? Was it last year? Oh my god! Was it last Time decade? No was sense. it last century? Who no, knows? it was last year. I w- wrote a season of Dancing with the Stars, oh. and it was hilarious. Oh. And um, you know, millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost fifty pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Anyway, so Daryl Summers was interesting to work with, mm. but and he was going through uh, the auto queue and like taking out Sonia Kruger's comedy lines and just reju- you know so <sighs> yeah just the worst right and um sad little man like what are you doing mate and anyway uh i w- went in to you know i had to go through the script with her before they'd go into filming and she's sitting there and there's three glamours on makeup artists one's working on the hair one's working on the hands you know right, yeah. getting her ready and and i i didn't know her very well at this point uh we'd, we'd already joked around a bit but um she said to me, um, "Like, what's why? Why is Daryl taking my lines out?" And I was like, "Why? It's obvious because he he doesn't like women. Like, he's he's confronted by you. He doesn't want you being funnier than him. And if you don't believe me, let's get in touch with Denise Drysdale. Let's get in touch with Jackie McDonald. Let's get in touch with Joe Beth Taylor. Let's get in touch with Lavinia Nixon. I'm sure they all have the same 
idea and have had the same experience. And, you know, and anyway, I banged on for a while and then everything went quiet and I thought, oh, I probably overstepped the mark because she has to work with him and she's a professional. And and, uh, she just turned around to the girls and she said, you know what, let's open the champagne now and give Juzzy a glass. And she just started calling me Juzzy. And that is a very specific, like, very specific people call me Juzzy and I don't know where yeah, yeah, yeah. she came in with that. So, that, so the reason I bring that up is specific nicknames kind of belong to specific yes. eras and yeah. people. Yeah. And it's funny when someone glocks onto, gloms onto one of them and, you know. It's interesting, isn't it? Because, like... Uh a couple of people call me Benny. Yeah. And they are they are the only people that are allowed to call me that. Right. And occasionally someone will refer to me as Benny and my hackles go straight up. Like, yeah, Do right, not call right. Me that. Right. Do not like Jen, uh my very dear friend Jen calls me Benny. Yep. And because people hear her calling it, yeah. calling me that, you know, they assume it's, it's like, no, 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 no. Yeah. It's like her and my mum. And yeah. that's it. That's it. No one else is... And same with Benjamin. Yeah. You know, I think it comes from like being around dudes, you know, like always having to deal with dudes that are bigger than you. Yeah. I'm sure you find this. Like, you know, my whole life I've always... There's always been a certain type of male yeah who considers himself the alpha who looks at someone like me and goes i don't get why you're as confident as you are all right yeah not massive yeah you're not like you know everything about your aesthetic does not denote someone who should be as confident as you are and so they uh unconsciously try and diminish yeah uh, and a big part of that is trying to is either referring to me as Benny or Benjamin. Oh right, and I think right. that's where it is. It's like, do how dare you? Do not yeah. fucking refer yeah. to me like that. Yeah, you know, don't try and fucking belittle me in like which which is always only ever a a, a, a testament to their own self consciousness. Yeah, but they feel the need to do that. But I yeah. think that's where it, where it comes from. Yeah, those those are like Benny and Benjamin are very. Like earned trust names. Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, no, I take yep, that makes total sense. By the way, my fake name would be Richard Paste. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I didn't realise you just had a glass of water. <laughs> Sorry everyone, I've killed Oh man. I've killed Ben. Half of that was puke yuck. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we then see Richter and his team going through, by the way, I won over one of those types of guys recently who was kind of doing the same thing with me. And the way I win them over is I, I push back every time they try to do anything to, Uh, you know, belittle. And I just go, I go for the jugular in a really fun and nice way. And then I noticed that they were hanging out with me heaps and I was like, yep, done it. (laughs) One again. Hammo. Uh, we then see Richter and his team going through Mars customs before a woman begins glitching and reveals that she is secretly Quaid in a robotic disguise. Like Bro, it's greatest special effect of all time. It's that a, is, it's it, a robot within a robot. It's so fucking cool. It's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. so good. It's amazing. It, Sorry, an animatronic within an animatronic. Yeah, it's yeah. It's, inc- it's incredible. Like it, it holds up. Yeah, man, it looks like it looks it um, looks better than any CG ever. Yeah, two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. Uh, And then that woman's head explodes. Yeah. Just the best. Anyway. (laughs) You got to wonder though, why would you build a uh, space station on Mars where all the windows are made of shatter glass? 
Like, you know, <laughs> obviously uh, they're, they're cutting corners to, to make their profits, which also sounds... <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's a good explanation. Yeah. Uh, Quaid follows the instructions that Hauser gave him and with the help of a taxi driver, Benny, mm. not to be confused, oh. travels to Venusville. Uh, by the way, I really like the moment where he... he does the writing and goes, oh, that's my writing. Oh, yeah, uh, that, that's yeah, yeah. a yeah. In, in a bombastic film, that's a totally. nice subtle touch. Yep. Uh, so they travel to Venusville, an area populated by humans and people mutated by the radiation and air pollution. Not only does Quaid meet the woman from his dreams, Melina, but he also meets the infamous woman with three breasts. And Hank from Breaking Bad. And Hank from Breaking Bad. <laughs> but um, what's, what's your first thought when you see these boobs? Oh, look... I was fucking 11 when I first saw those boobs, so it was, it was awesome. <laughs> right. So this will this will show you my uh, upbringing. Yeah. This is uh, genuinely <laughs> probably why I'm single as well. But yeah. my first thought was, oh, that poor woman. Bras must be super expensive. <laughs> it's always... Um, it's always been one of those things that when I see a woman who has large breasts, yeah. I always think, oh my God, I hope her back's okay. Yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> Whoa, body. I do. Yeah. <laughs> so I was just surrounded by women uh, growing up. So that was my first thought was like, <laughs> oh God, that would have to be more underwire and another cup and oh, they'd, they'd take advantage of her and they'd fucking pump up the cost. Oh man. Anyway. Um, Melina thinks Quaid is making up his story and rejects his pleading for help. Uh, she, good introduction of her as well. Mm-hmm. Like she comes in hard and you, you get her immediately. Oh yeah, totally. Um, back at the hotel, Quaid is confronted by Diegma from Recall and Laurie telling him he's still on earth, trapped in a fantasy memory. Quaid notices him sweating, believes they are going to kill him and escapes. Um, I love that scene. I think it's my favourite scene in the whole movie. So, um, I'd, I'd forgotten that little detail in yeah. the film and immediately I was like, oh, is that a... So, I wonder if um, in Captain America, The Winter Soldier, the, which has the, the elevator scene, which is one of the... Yeah, well, yeah, I'd yeah, put yeah. that in the top one of the top three Marvel scenes yeah. in any of their films. Yeah. Uh, he, he's looking around and he's noticing that they're playing with their... But he notices that the person's sweating. Oh, right. Just before he does the... I wouldn't be surprised because the sweat... I mean, that is a really iconic part of this movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'd just forgotten it. And yeah, then I saw it and I was great. like... It's great. And then, I, don't, I don't know the actor playing the, the guy, but he's one of those guys that showed up in movies of that era, always playing some right. obsequious, disgusting, yeah. you know, corporate grot. Yeah. He's great. It's a fucking awesome scene. But also just the just the... Uh, philosophical implications of that whole thing. You know, right. you are on the table, you're wigging out, none of yeah. this is happening. Yeah. You know, here's your wife. Come on, dude. Yeah. We're trying to help you. It's great. Yeah. It's great. So I, uh, we'll, we'll save this for, uh, we'll, we'll save this discussion for another time, but it's like, um, uh, I just rewatched uh, Blade Runner 2049 mm. and, um, Love and, it. and then was thinking about Blade Runner in general and then thinking about Philip K. Dick in general and was just like, man, like, it's all there, isn't it? It's all oh, yeah. thematically. Have, have you read much Philip K. Dick? Yeah, I've read probably half a dozen, like Ubeck, uh, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep. Yeah. Um, I can't remember the names. About about five years ago, I went through a bit of a run of his. Yeah, I, 
I have to be honest. Mm. I like reading about his books more than I like reading his books. I find his books to be a bit dry. Yeah, yeah. I think, but they make great movies as well. They make well, it's, just, it's just ideas, ideas, ideas. Yeah. He's just he was awesome. But you know, like you talk about fucking drug psychosis. My yes. God, that guy yeah. was you know that guy was the real deal. Well, you know that was had a lot of alimony to pay, and he was being paid by the page. And then yep. suddenly you're keeping yourself awake for days on end to meet your you know, your responsibilities and suddenly a lot of your stories are, does anything exist? Yeah, yeah. well, <laughs> the quickest way the quickest way into drug psychosis is to be awake for multiple nights multiple and days. Nights, yeah. yeah. That was that was the craziest I ever got, was yeah. like four days of no sleep. Yeah. By the way, just getting back to that Captain America scene, I genuinely love that moment when he says, he offers, if anyone would like to get out before yeah, this yeah, commences, yeah. and it's like, that's <laughs> genuinely great. <laughs> so polite. Yeah, so yeah, considered. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, just like if you want to get out, like yeah, you can yeah. get out, and then yeah. I'm going to kick the shit out of the rest <laughs> of you. Um, Quaid is captured, but uh, Melina arrives and saves him. He kills Laurie. Like, yep. I'll just be honest with you. Didn't like it. No, it's a like she should be there right to the end. Like, uh, to be honest, I, I feel like it should have been. I there's some changes I would make to this film, even though I think it's a classic, yeah. and I would. Fucking get rid of Richter before I got rid of Laurie, and I would. Keep, yeah, I would rather have the fight scene at the end. You know, yeah, with sure. her because also the thing about Sharon Stone is she's not only she's quite clearly her character is super smart, mm. um, and, and and you know that's because Stone is fiercely intelligent, and so she brings that to the role. Mm. But she also genuinely looks like she can take Arnie on. And yeah. and and there's a lot of nut shots in this. Like he yeah, gets yeah. fucking punched and kicked in the balls a lot. And, uh, you know, one of those things in these types of movies is that, you know, unfortunately, if you see someone like Schwarzenegger hit a woman, you think she's just going to shatter. But Stone really honestly looks like she can bounce. Yeah. Well, it's it's that great. There's the you know obviously there's a physical disparity, but uh, she's got that really lithe, athletic style yeah. of moving, which yeah. actually does seem like it could counter just yeah yeah lumbering kind of yeah roid monster. Yeah, you know you kind of look, you know like <sighs> once again if you were to do the Marvel universe in the nineties, she's Black Widow. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, so uh, he kills Laurie and with the help of Benny, not you, race off to meet the head of the mutant rebellion, Guato, a mutant growing Jesus out of the Christ. abdomen of his brother, George. Uh, so good. Like it's... <laughs> like I knew it was coming. You still go, oh, <laughs> God. Once again, it's like... This is where my head goes. Like does... Um, does George use deodorant and does Quato use deodorant? <laughs> and if so, you know, under those little arms. like, Or are there, are there any deleted scenes where George and Quato are talking and George says, look, I've just got to bring this up. You need to start wearing deodorant because you, you're down there and it wafts up into yeah. my nose. <laughs> the logistics yeah. of having a congenital twin growing out of your abdomen. Meanwhile, Quado's psychic, so he knew this conversation was coming. So he's got all these counterpoints. Well, it's full of aluminium. And don't I have enough wrong with me at the moment? Yeah, I know, but you're also fucked up and you stink. And I, and I have to live with it. Man, it looks so fucking good. Yeah. Like, it looks yeah. incredible. Yeah. Man, it, it's... Once again, I knew it was coming and still went, oh... 
as I always am banging on, I just, you know, God, I would love to see a return to sweaty, yucky prosthetics. Yes. Yeah. You know, like you talked earlier about that scene where their heads are exploding when the uh, face shield comes down. Like as a kid, that was one of the most disturbing things I've ever seen. And I remember as a kid not knowing how it was being done. Right. Same as the same as the um the shot where he's pulling the thing out of his nose. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, I remember as a kid going, "How?" Because it looks so fucking real. Oh yeah. It looks. It you know, it's not like the you flashback. What is it? Two or three years to the original Terminator. Yeah. And there's the shot with uh, CG Arnie head. Yeah. And clearly a fucking you know animatronic head yeah these don't look the 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 flesh looks real yeah you know and the and and the and the the variability of expression is so nuanced yeah you know i just yeah i remember being so disturbed and obviously you know you watch it as an add-on you go it's it's an animatronic but man it still looks so still looks amazing still looks so cool yeah um so Quato uh, reads Quaid's mind and Cohagen is hiding a 500,000-year-old alien reactor built into a mountain that once activated produces breathable air but could destroy all turbinium, <laughs> thus ending his monopoly over both resources. Um, that seems like a, a decision that a corporate giant would make. Yeah. 100%. Do you like the alien twist being brought into it that there was, uh, you know, potentially an alien life form or does this lock into what you believe that happens in the whole film, which is it's all a dream. Yeah, I think it's all a dream. I think it's it's convenient. Um, You know, I mean, that's the great thing about is it a dream, is it a dream, you know, about the genre of movie that it is, is that if it's a dream, it's a convenient plot twist to further along the spy narrative. Yeah. And if it's not a dream, it's a convenient plot twist to further along the spy narrative. (laughs) Yeah. It it makes it, doesn't it? Who cares? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? That, you know, like we're jumping ahead a little bit, but when he activates it, he just makes his hand like one of them. No big deal. (laughs) And also, like, I I can't... It's it's not easy to do sometimes. Especially when... uh, the, the windows burst and you're about to be sucked down to the vacuum of space. Mate. <laughs> Luckily, he's so strong. Um, soon we discover that Benny can't be trusted, not you, as he's working for the corporation. Uh, also, like, great reveal when he reveals that he's a mutant Another as well. incredible animatronic. Yeah. Like, holy shit, the way the arm unfolds. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, but uh, it also turns out we can't trust the former Quaid, Hauser. Mm. It turns out this was all an elaborate plan that Hauser and Cohagen came up with to infiltrate the rebels and bypass the psychic readings. Good plan. Mm, great plan. Like Great plan. Often the issue with the bad guys is that their plans are shit outs. Yeah, yeah. But this is actually a good plan. <laughs> it's on the video when they're like standing next to each other. Him and, Ro- what's his name? Roddy, whatever it is. The, oh, the, yeah. the evil um, yeah. Cohagen. And they've got their arms around each other and like, oh, <laughs> oh like yeah. cackling like two evil guys. <laughs> well, we'll get to that later on, but uh, I think Arnold's at his best when he's housed it. Yeah, absolutely. He's yeah. fucking hilarious. Yeah. Um, uh, so now Quaid has unwittingly led them to Quato, who is soon murdered. Uh, Brutal. Yeah. And uh, I, I like this twist. I just mm. think it's really good. Uh, I like the idea that Hauser was awful. But they've unwittingly made him into a hero in Quaid. Yeah. Like, yeah. like that's yeah. uh, like that's the part of the plan that hasn't gone right. Yes, absolutely. Every, everything to get past his psychic yeah. defenses. Yeah, but, but they ha- didn't. They didn't bank on him underneath all of his evilness actually being a good guy. Yeah. <laughs> or yeah, it's just 
there's something if he's been under for eight weeks, yeah. then yeah. you know what was what's been what's been learnt in that eight weeks. Well, it goes back to that thing we were talking about earlier about you know like you can't have these experiences without them having an effect. Yes, you right. can't just not pay some kind of price. Yeah. Or, you know, whatever. There's, there, there, you can't have a completely immersive, real experience without some kind of knock-on effect. Yeah. No, I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, Quaid is taken away to be restored and Melina is also taken to be turned into his subservient lover. That sounds That's awful. Right. For both of them. That's right. Who wants a subservient lover? I don't know. That just sounds... Hideous. Like... <laughs> like, anyway. Like, obviously awful for the lover, but yeah. also awful for the person who yeah. has the subservient Absolutely. lover. Like, yeah. you know... Little give and take is push me, pull me. Yeah, absolutely. Like I'm, <laughs> I'd prefer that you pushed. Uh, but they escape, luckily, because he's massive and can just rip apart and stab Mitchell. a guy through the head through a, with a like, bolt. Jesus <laughs> shit! Once again, I like, could have just knocked him out, but no. Yeah. Uh, and they head to the alien reactors. There's a final fight between all the main players before Quaid activates the reactor that releases the breathable atmosphere. Wait, wait, you're skipping over the the, the brilliance of the hologram. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you think I was the real Quaid? Yeah, you were right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the, like you know, and that is set up earlier. Like it, it's funny. He gives himself the equipment that he can then, which he doesn't expect to have to use. It's great. It's great. That was my favorite bit when I was a kid. I loved that bit so much. Well, also, you know, the other thing that I love about that bit yeah. is that he shares it. Yeah. Like, so it's not just one person using it. He's throwing it to her and yeah. she's using it. And yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they're a complete partnership. Yeah, it's great. Um, yeah, which is kind of interesting, isn't it? Because normally mm. in a lot of these films, it's the... the shrieking damsel. Yeah, but instead she's as tough as he is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the that scene on the on the... You know, surface of Mars, oh. and their heads are about <laughs> to pop. It, it goes a long time, <laughs> yeah, and man. I keep thinking, when is this breathable air, which is really <laughs> spreading over the planet very quickly, very quickly, which is very nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like those aliens really knew what they were doing when they were <laughs> setting all of this up. But um, like that scene just goes for ages, yes. and I'm not complaining. But it does. After a while, you go. Ooh, I'm starting to feel a little bit... I reckon it probably wasn't meant to go for that long and they were shooting those animatronics going, dude, these look so good. Yeah, we've got to... Yeah. Because it's not just like... We've got to again, get our money's the, worth. Oh, to, but again, it's not just the advancement of the animatronics in like, oh, it's cool because Arnie's pulling a wretched face and his eyes are bugging out of his head. There's so much variability. Yeah. Like, yes. you know, the mouth stretching. The, the, there's so many different expressions. So it's yeah. Like, I, was, I was relishing that. The bit. eyes... Coming out of yeah, the sockets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when I go, uh, the, the, you know, when it cuts to um, the villain, his face is all puffed right. out. It's yep. just awesome. Yeah. You know, I wish that there's so often with effects like that where, you know, it cuts away too quickly. Like, you know, we've talked about the thing. Mm. You know, I could, I could hold some of those shots for another 30 seconds. I know it doesn't make any sense, you know, in an editorial sense, but, mm. oh, so beautiful to look at. I'm yeah. hideous, but, you know, no, no, just in but- terms of the technical craft, it's Gorgeous. Yes. Yeah, yeah. The, the yeah, it's it's definitely the craftsmanship that is. I mean, something we haven't mentioned is just the miniatures in this are so oh yeah incredible. Yeah, that shot where Arnie's on the train. Yeah, and it pulls out the window. Yeah, we. I mean, me and my friends were commenting on that. It's like you pull out, and you know, like you know, it's a miniature. Yeah, but 
conversely, in a different movie, when it pulls out of a train and shows you a whole cityscape, you know it's a CG landscape. Yeah. You know it's fake one way or another. Yeah, yeah. But the model just looks like it's... I mean, it is real. Yeah. It's not a real city, but it's real. Yeah. it's look. It just looks so cool. The... Um, uh, you know, everywhere they go, mm. it looks fantastic. There is one scene... I, I don't know if I've put this in the squid bit, so we'll pass it if I get to it. But there's one... You know, the first fight mm. that he's in with uh, his co-workers mm. on Earth. Mm. Um, he does hit the wall and the wall wobbles, which is very... Oh, does it? Yeah. we were wondering if that was a real place or not. All right, so no, the wall... Like, and there's... It, it made me feel very nostalgic for Tom Baker, Doctor Who, because there's a <laughs> there's a scene in a... I forget which episode of Doctor Who it is. There's so many of them. But anyway, there's a scene where, for whatever reason, Tom Baker's Doctor Who is walking down a down a, a corridor and decides to do a hop, you know, like hopscotch kind of thing. And as he goes past, the camera wobbles. <laughs> 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 and he, uh, there, is, there is a part of me that just goes... Oh, I kind of miss when people just went, yeah, no, nah, that'll do. Yeah? Yeah, that'll sure, be fine. Of course. It'll be fine. Yeah. No one gives a and, shit. And it is fine. And there's a little little bit where Arnie gets thrown up against the wall and you just see the wall wobble <laughs> a little bit and you go, whatever. Yep. At, least, at least they're there. Yeah, it's there. It's real. It's not some fucking green screen. Um, but the miniatures are fantastic. And the uh, the cars, like even the automated... Oh, the Johnny Cab. The Johnny Cab. Johnny Cab's great. <laughs> May I say, that's that's when Arnie's ma- stupidity is manifest completely. When he jumps in the Johnny Cab, he's like, welcome to Johnny Cab. Where where can I take you? Anywhere. Yeah. Where can I take you? Anywhere. Just say a fucking place, dude. Yeah. <laughs> just say yeah. a place and get the fuck out of there. Yeah, Paris, Texas. <laughs> just fucking, like, just say the first thing that comes to mind. Just go anywhere. No, anywhere but here. Yeah, uh, take me to Hollywood. <laughs> They're like plowing him with machine gun bullets. Yeah. I don't know yeah. anywhere. My God. <laughs> Douglas Quaid, you didn't deserve to live. <laughs> um, so with the rest of Mars's population looking up at the now blue sky, mm. which uh, corresponds to the dream and uh, the, the setup that mm. he... Uh, so uh, Quaid has a moment where he wonders if everything was a dream before mm. planting a kiss on Melina. Mm-hmm. So... so you think it's all a dream. Yep. And when's it all a dream from? From the moment he's strapped into the machine. So he gets strapped into the machine at recall. Right. He's Okay, so there's two moments that make me think it's a dream. Number one, Melina shows up on the screen at recall, exactly as she looks as we will meet her later. Yes, yep. When he's describing his perfect woman on Mars. Yes, the, the weird description of what yeah, he's yeah. looking for. Was it Spordy and Slotty? Yeah. What is it? Like something, something like that. Something crazy. <laughs> Sleazy. That's Sleazy. right. Sleazy. Sleazy. But chased. Yeah. Uh, so it's her on that screen before he goes under. Yeah. Uh, and then there's a shot where they're like, you know, going, we well, have fun on Mars. And he like leans back into the... Uh, and the camera pans up from his head and into the... Whatever that thing at the top of the machine is like the star wipe or something yeah and we push into that and when we pull out that's when bang everything starts right in the we're in the president of recall's office and the woman comes up on the screen like it's all going wrong yeah and then you know at the end i i I might be misremembering but i think it's there's like a a blinding white light is the last thing we see you know which you know whatever would be him i think that's him waking up i mean it's done so so okay so that's what. That's kind of what I thought as well. Mm. But then I started unpacking that. Sure. So, okay. 
what what are the dreams? And they're just random dreams because we don't see the woman in the dream. He's just having random dreams about, mm. like at the very start of the film. Mm. That's not a memory. That's just him having random dreams of, oh, look at me. I'm on Mars with someone nice. Oh, no, I'm slipping off. And yeah. then, so when he goes into the adventure, mm. what he saw happen in the dream, he kind of extrapolates into yeah. the adventure. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Look, if you see, if you saw Malena, 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 if you saw her in the dream at the beginning of the movie, that's different. Yeah, but you don't. You don't. You don't no. see. You see. It's just some rando. He's well, it, got. It's, it looks like it could possibly be her, but that could also be. Yeah. Part of the subconscious. Totally knitting it together. I think. I think that seeing her on the screen as they're building the whatever the CG model of mm. whatever, the fact that it's exactly her. Right. And then we meet her twenty minutes later within the context of this insane adventure adventure on Mars. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's. I mean, you know, you, in the end, who really gives a shit? No, 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 no. It's like but, the spinning uh, top like, at the end of Inception. Who cares? No, 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 no. But, but it's I, like I if, do think it's a dream. Yeah. If, yeah. if but if um, that's what the podcast is. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, of course, who gives a shit? But um, but yeah, it, yeah, it's, yeah. it's good to unpack yeah. it. No, I do. So, oh, yeah, but I think it's. I think it's a dream. So you. So then, does that mean that means he is working in a quarry? Yeah. Married to Sharon Stone. Yeah. Sick. Fuck. <laughs> it's it's fine. It's not like, a bad life. No. I mean, the quarry's not great, but... Quarry's not great, but he's got a fucking great wife to come home to. Who but then again, it's like, you know, he's woken up from this experience where, you know, it's not that he had a dream that his wife tried to kill him and betrayed him. He experienced his wife trying to kill him and betray him. So then that's, you know... Yeah. So that's where... So this is where, you know... Um, oh, okay. Too many thoughts. So, he has also... There is stuff going on on Mars and there is stuff being... Uh, there are terrorists and yeah. he's uh, he's added that in with the overall adventures yeah. in his subconscious. Yeah. Um, and then the fact that he's betraying himself is, you know, it's him at war with himself, yes. the two sides of himself. Yes. So, this is where I would... Like, this is where I make... Uh, Total Recall, you know, twenty forty nine, mm-hmm. and it's it's uh, someone taking him, uh, like taking Recall to court, and he's like his his marriage fell apart afterwards because he was acting weird towards her. I could never trust her again. Yeah, and then she's like, <laughs> so then that means we get Sharon Stone back in the film, which is great, <laughs> yeah. and uh, you know, and then he became addicted to it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, actually, and then I, he started stalking someone that looked like Melina in the real world because he thought that she was... I would love to see... There's actually a lot of movies that I would love to see the Blade Runner 2049 treatment done for. Yeah. You know, not the shitty 2012 reimagining, but yeah. like an actual conceptual uh, sequel made by a master with yeah. the same attention to detail yeah. as the original. I, I, it would be... Yeah, there's a lot of movies that would be served I think, well. I think we should dig into... Uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine at some point to a proper episode. I, I have to tell you the 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 failure of that film to me right. is all in the marketing and it yes. just should, oh, yes, of should never have had like if the movie seven came out now the poster would have oh, yeah. Morgan Freeman Brad Pitt and Kevin yeah, yeah, Spacey yeah, yeah. in the middle yeah with a sign around his neck I'm and, the guy yeah and it's like because I think. Uh, yeah. Oh, anyway, this is a chat for another time. But anyway, so the um, so 
you know, because there's this part of me. So what, what what's going on with Laurie's face when she hugs him out of the dream? Like she's probably just put up with a lot of these dreams and she's where we look at it as her being suspicious. What she's doing is like, oh, fuck, how, am I, how long am I going to be stuck with this idiot waking up with these full-on dreams? Uh, oh. Because when she hugs him, she puts her head on the other side where he can't see and there's a look on her face because Sharon Stone's a really good actor. So that look could be, maybe that look is... Because we know mm. you project onto it. Oh, that's that look. But maybe it's... Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, they're just all interesting yeah, questions. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then does that... Um, but, you know, I, I'm sure some people think it's real because they don't want to imagine that they just watched a, a dream movie. But it's also... Yeah, it's, it's so funny with that, like, you know, because it's such a kind of cliche, you know... Uh, I, I would say that the cliche of... It was all a dream mm. is actually more of a trope than it was all a dream. You know what mm. I mean? Yeah. Like, when it's done well, what's wrong with... I mean, fuck, some of our favourite movies are just... Mulholland Drive. Yeah. There's nothing wrong. Like, it's a it's a great... It's a, if done well, it's a great yeah. concept. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just because, every, just because a bunch of kids in year 10 ended their English... Exam with it was all a dream doesn't mean that it's a it's a completely redundant avenue that yeah. has no value at all. Oh yeah, uh, it's, it was like uh, you know many years ago. I remember you know if you did airplane uh, routines, yeah. it was gauche, and then Fleety ripped out an airplane routine, which was one of the funniest routines I saw in a long time. Of course, difference between men and women, all these yeah. things. Like no, it's just, yeah. it's just the approach. Yeah. All right, uh, the last of the segments, who and how. Which character do you think you would be and how would you react in their place? <laughs> uh, you go first and just let, me, let me ponder this for a second. Uh, I'd be the rat trying to enjoy a snack and then everyone starts <laughs> shooting at me. And I'm, I'm just like the whole time going, fuck, I'm just trying to eat this chocolate. Fuck off. <laughs> I'd be the Johnny Cab, just trying to help, but some yeah. fucking meatheads like not giving me yeah, the just instructions give me a place. that I need. Yeah, just, that is- just tell me what you want. <laughs> That does sound like your idea of hell. Like, I'll take you there. Just, Just give me, me an address. Just use your words. Mate, this is my job. That's what I was like at my, at my job for so long with kids. Just use your words, dude. I'm here for you. Mate, I'm all for it. I am all for this. All right. Uh, so, Zero Charisma. Who? Um, do you have any takes on... Oh, Richter. I've got Michael Ironside as well. And Michael Ironside's good, but uh, there's... Richter is just it's 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 either it it's the pitch is too in the middle. Yeah. He's not yeah. enough. And if he wanted to go the other direction, he could be much more uh menacing by yeah. not being he's just half he's 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 too half half. Yeah. I agree. There's something coming up in Squid Bits that might uh, okay. shed some light on that but sure. but I also wrote that down as well like you know I always do this and then I do the research afterwards so um, also and this is going to lead into our next segment I don't really love Arnie in the lead oh really yeah so better or worse ruin or improve the movie with one decision um, I think that the movie would be ruined even though I do believe it's a dream, I think the the the, the movie would be revealed definitively landing one way or another. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Seeing him wake up—that's how seeing you'd him wake up, film. or you know, or the see, other side, whatever. See, seeing him wake up and then it, it pans back, and then it's Richter and all of them going, "Whew, we dodged yeah, the yeah. bullet!" Like that's too much. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think that you know, I I, I like that. 
you know, because, you know, there's been times, you know, this is the only time I ever watched it where I was like, oh, he's definitely dreaming. Yeah. There's other times where I'm like, oh, you know. Yeah, this I, is happening. Yeah. So, yeah, defin- any kind of definitiveness. Yeah. It's easier to barrack for him if it's a dream and he's grabbing random people and using them as shields. Totally. Uh, so, I'm going to be really controversial here. Mm. Uh, and I have two ways that I would improve the film. Yeah. One is I'd flip the roles. So, I'd have Sharon Stone as the agent who, <laughs> and Arnie as the guy that is brought in to make Sharon Stone doesn't remember anything. That's great. And I just, That's then you great. get Sharon Stone for the whole film. Yeah. And I wouldn't kill off Arnie, but yeah. I would have him, but then I guess it's a little bit more Terminator. But uh, Yeah, well, he'd, be, he'd definitely be able to lean into the villain role a lot better, yeah. a lot more. But, you know, then when he's trying to, because I, I don't think he's good in the charming or the sex scenes or no. anything like i think he's really good as hauser where it feels like that's arnie yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. but anyway so i would do that yeah. these are just preferences anyone listening will probably get very angry with me because they're arnie fans <laughs> but that's what i would do for my version yeah or i'd take arnie out uh-huh. and i'd replace him with bruce willis I was, I, that's exactly who i thought you'd say i just think bruce willis can play bruce willis confused and you know alpha male better yeah, it'd be a combination of his performances from Twelve Monkeys and The Fifth Element. Oh yeah, and Die Hard, this. and Die Hard. Yeah, you know. No, I actually, I, I because I, there'd be there'd be a bit like, but he can do all the action scenes, and there's a vulnerability to, you know, like yeah, yeah. One, one of my it's it's so there's the Bruce Willis look, yeah. and it's um, only a few actors have ever managed to nail it. Harrison Ford does it as well. It's the incredulous look in the eyes of I can't believe. You just did that. Where and Bruce mm. Willis, it's when Vincent Vega's rude to Butch in Pulp Fiction. Yeah. You know, that look he gives. And yeah, yeah, it's yeah. um it's the look that Harrison Ford gives the guys when they're picking on the Amish and witness, and then he's just has that look of like, I can't believe this is happening mm, before mm. he smacks nine kinds of shit out of that <laughs> arsehole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like so I'd 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 go Bruce Willis. No, I actually, you know, like, uh, look, I, I love Arnie in this, but I would like to live in the parallel reality for two hours where Bruce Willis did get the role. I, I'm not saying, I'm just not an Arnie fan yeah, of course. per se. No, but, no, but if, the, if anyone but, was going to be, if anyone was, like, I, I actually agree that I think Bruce Willis would have been better in yeah, the role. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. All right, segment, where are we now? Oh, yeah, yeah. How close are we to technology in the film? So I've got kind of two responses to this. Sure. David Noonan, this was uh, from uh, written by David Noonan in the Smithsonian Magazine in November 2014. In 2019, oh no, it can't be 2014. I must have the date wrong. Uh, In 2019, scientists implanted false memories in mice through optogenetics, which utilizes genetic engineering and specifically modifying neurons by shining light on them. Using this technique, the simultaneously activated, they simultaneously activate an area of the brain related to the perception of odour and areas of the brain associated with either reward or aversion. They were able to make mice respond to an odour they had never smelled before as if they had implantation of false memories in mice had previously been achieved where scientists were able to alter a previous fear memory by activating the cells that contained the memory. This time though they were able to create an artificial memory from scratch. The artificial memory was quite like a real memory as they both depended on the activity of the basolateral Amygdala? Amygdala. 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 Uh, so there's that. And then Sarah Wells in Vice in April 2021 wrote, a research team of psychologists in the UK and Germany have shown how it is possible to implant false memories and then reverse them. Aileen <sighs> Oberburst 
professor of psychology at the University of Hagen, and the first author on this paper, explained that it is easy for our memories to be confused or fragmented because the content of a memory and the source of a memory are often stored separately in our minds. This may lead to the retrieval of content without its correct source, e.g. the interviewer, parents, therapist, or even direct source confusions or source misattributions, e.g. taking images from dreams or family narratives as actual recollections Mm. of own experience. Mm. Oberst and her colleagues recruited 52 young adult volunteers and with the help of their parents used suggestions to implant several false yet plausible memories like running away or being in a car accident. Over the course of three memory interviews across two weeks, the participants were asked to remember two real and two false events. By the third interview, up to 56% of the participants had developed false memories Mm. around the non-existent events that were suggested to them. Mm -hmm. Then the research team reversed the process. The reason they did this is because they hope these methods can help relieve the suffering often felt by those who believe in false memories and give them back control of their own story and also have a positive effect on terrible consequences that can occur in the criminal justice system. Yeah, wow. I just don't know how you would know a memory was false. You know, like say there's a memory that is false that you've held on to for decades and you right. believe it to be true. Like right. how how could you possibly come to a point where you would know that it wasn't true? Yeah, well, you know. Like I, I think it's an amazing thing because I yeah. mean, I, I've, I have people in my life where I, I watch them create false memories. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, mean, I think we all do. Yeah. You know, and, and that's what a lot of time a memory is, you know, it's the story you tell yourself over and over and over again. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's it's interesting watching people do it in real time. Yeah. They tell you a story and the next time they tell you the story a week later, this this section where the person was rude to the other person has been a bit slightly ruder to you in this version yeah, of the story yeah. than they were last yeah. time. And by the fourth retelling, it's like, oh my God, this person like punched them in the head and screamed at them and all the rest. And it's yeah. like, that never happened in the first version of the story. Yeah. Yeah. And well, then, you know, years later, it becomes this moment of, you know, absolute fucking trauma. Yeah. And I'm sure I've done it with stuff. I'm sure you've done it. Yep. Yeah. Well, the, the this is the uh, the danger of being a stand-up comedian. Who oh, stories from their real life. Absolutely. I've often said that when I die and my life flashes before me, I'm going to look and go, that was nowhere near as good as I remembered it. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I'm going to I'm going to move uh, the last segment to the end of Squid Bits. I feel like that works better. But um, Squid Bits. Uh, David Cronenberg was the original director and wrote as many as twelve drafts of the screenplay. When producer Dino De Laurentiis realised the script was veering away from the Raiders of the Lost Ark direction that the studio wanted, Cronenberg left over creative differences. Cronenberg mm. turned down the fly to work on Total Recall but returned to the former movie after he left this one and the mutants were part of Cronenberg's original ideas. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I'm ri- kind of glad. I like a couple of Cronenbergs, but I'm I'm not a huge Cronenberg fan. Yeah, yeah. No, I think this worked out. I think they're in the right movies. Yep. Yep. Um, originally... Patrick Swayze was going to star in the movie when Australian director Bruce Beresford was attached. When De Laurentiis' company went bankrupt, Schwarzenegger convinced rival company Carolco to buy the script as a starring vehicle for himself. Like, smart move. Great businessman, Arnold. Yes. He really is. Like, one of the greats. No, he is. Yeah. He's fucking amazing. Yeah. Um, No, I was agreeing with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I feel like that's his... 
super oh, he's power. like a yeah, you know i've seen interviews with him where he's just you know, I, I decided i was going to be the best weightlifter in the world and i made it happen i decided yeah. i was going to be the best the biggest actor i made that happen yeah uh this mean, uh, meant that Arnie was now working with Verhoeven after nearly starring in Robocop three years earlier. Oh, thank God. He didn't. Thank God. Well, that wouldn't be right either. Like, no. it's better that it's... Um, wouldn't be right. Yeah. Uh, at the time, Total Recall was the second most expensive movie ever made with a budget... Wow. ...of $65 million. <laughs> The budget of a small indie now. Of everything, everywhere, all at once. Yeah, you know? wow. Uh, Rambo 3 was the leader back then. And this is one of the last movies to use large-scale miniature props and sets rather than CGI, which mm. is part of what gives it its appeal. Yeah. Um, it is also one of the first major Hollywood films to attempt early computer-generated imagery. The technique was used during the sequence involving the X-ray scanner, but the software broke down, forcing it to be animated by hand. Uh, Quarto required 15 puppeteers to control at once. The actor Marshall Bell wore a full body suit and the head was fully animatronic. Quarto comes from the Spanish word meaning quart, which translates to twin. Strangers often approached Verhoeven on the street and asked if Marshall Bell was a Siamese twin. That's how believable it looked back in 1990. Come on, guys. Well, the problem is, is that you just you didn't have as much access to stuff. So That's true, but still... Like- it's funny, though. I mean, I wish I could have that much suspension of disbelief. Belief? Belief? Yeah. Belief, whatever. Uh, during production, Schwarzenegger confronted Ironside over his constant telephone use. When he revealed he was talking to his sister who had cancer, uh, Arnold got on the phone with her to discuss various diet and exercising routines to help her recover. So when I was kind of thinking, geez, Michael Ironside's not very good in this. Well, maybe there's a good reason that he's not as good. So... Um, Scenes had to be cut because the movie originally had an uh, X rating. And those scenes included Benny's, not you, in entrails falling out of his stomach. Uh, Verhoeven originally wanted four breasts on Mary, but they didn't look right. The actress, uh, Lucia Naff, said the feedback was that I looked too bovine, like a cow ready to be milked. And that wasn't sexy. No, three's perfect. No, three's perfect. Uh, you can, yeah. Totally. The script went through 40 drafts and the original script had Quaid being an accountant, but nobody would believe Arnold could convincingly portray that, mainly because of his physique. That's kind of funnier, though, like if he was an accountant. but That shot of his bicep when he's jackhammering is yeah. fucking hilarious. Yeah. But also, Bruce Willis could have played the... Like if it was yeah. an accountant, Bruce Willis with glasses, and yeah. that could have been uh, an accountant. Uh, with that in mind, because Quaid was meant to be a regular Joe... Uh, they originally wanted, along with Swayze, either. Do you want to? Do you want to take a guess on the, these two other actors that they wanted? One was in a Harrison Ford. No, no, uh, no, 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 no. Much like they they were big in the Richard late seventies, eighties, nineties. No, 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 no. They, no, no, no. They wanted them to be regular. So, like Richard Gere's not regular. Richard Gere's, you know. American gigolo fucking... Uh, One was a supporting actor in a Spielberg movie and a starring actor in a Spielberg movie. Richard Dreyfuss? Yep. That's hilarious. And uh, the other one... That's hilarious. ...was... uh, The other actor was... Dustin Hoffman. No, someone who died uh, not too long ago. I don't know. William Hurt. You're no fun. I I, I would never have guessed William Hurt. Yeah, I was going to give you more... uh, 
clues. Anyway. Um, Come on. Can you imagine this with Richard Dreyfuss? Hilarious. Like, it's well, it's completely different film. Hilarious. That is... Forget Bruce Willis. That's the parallel universe I want to live in. Yeah. The Richard Dreyfuss total <laughs> It's much more of a comedy then, isn't it? Like, it can't be... Anyway, that's just so funny. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> uh, Verhoeven was a big fan of Blade Runner, but felt it didn't catch capture what it would be like to live in 2019. Uh Really? Yeah. You were thinking that back then, son. But uh, therefore, he set his film film much further into the future. It also has the red pill that makes its way into the Matrix. This movie is based on Philip K. Dick's novella, We Can Remember It For You Wholesale. Great title. In the book, it's a great title. In the book, the lead character is called Douglas Quayle, and the start of the story is pretty much the same. When he returns home, he finds Mars Fauna that he smuggled back to Earth in his desk. He confronts his wife, who angrily leaves him. Uh, Two armed men enter and reveal that Quayle has a telepathic transmitter in his head that allows him to read his thoughts. Quayle is an assassin who killed a political opponent for Earth's government. Quayle goes on the run and is contacted by his former commanders and Quayle suggests they mind-wipe him, but with the pleasant memory of an exciting life. He turns himself in and works with a psychiatrist to discover what his personal desires are. When he was a kid, he used to fantasise about discovering minuscule rodent-like aliens who were going to invade Earth with superior technology. But because Quail was so kind, they decide to hold off the invasion while he is still alive. Quail's bosses find this to be narcissistic, (laughs) but agree to have the memories planted through recall. To everyone's shock, those memories turn out to be real as well. <laughs> like fucking crazy what is Philip, happening? Yeah, crazy Philip K. Dick uh, having rats thoughts when we're gonna invade the world. I'll put this in the book. Oh his wife's walked out on him. Which one? Um uh, so last segment, sum it up, what does this movie mean to you? Uh I think it is uh the a great and there's too few examples of huge, bombastic, over-the-top action yeah. that actually has a little bit of meat on the bone. Yeah. It's not just, you know, and there's so few... I mean, there's so few just great action movies now where it's, like, not just a CG fest. Yeah. Uh, where it's actual physical special effects and yeah. great prosthetics and all the rest. Um, and even fewer where, you know, it's... So much fun, but if you actually want to dig in a little bit, you know, it's a great movie for a 25-year-old to get stoned to and sit there when it's done going, whoa, man, can you imagine if... You know what I mean? Yeah. It's great. Yeah, Yeah, there's lots lots to discuss uh, all the way through. And um, where would you rank it on the... uh, Smelliest movies of all time? Uh, It's up there. It's, It's no Cronenberg. Yeah. But it's, uh, it's, it's it's not far behind. It's not far behind. Like like thing. I said earlier, Verhoeven uh, occupies a very lovely niche of just grotty fucking movies. Yeah. And you know, hopefully one day we'll get to because this is the middle film in his uh, yes. conceptual trilogy. Yeah. Robocop, Total Recall, Starship Troopers. Yeah. And all those movies are <laughs> dirty, dirty movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Michael Ironside's great in Starship Troopers. Yes. Oh, that's what I mean. Like he when levels I, up in that. Well, when time. I was watching this, I was like, oh, you're usually quite good. And then yeah. uh, I did all of the questions and then I'd read and I was like, oh, maybe I should take that out. But, you know, it's how we felt. Did his sister recover? Do you know? I don't know. I was too, you know, traumatized sure. by feeling bad for... Sure. Even though, you know, um, but, uh, and then I also spent way too long, uh, imagining the film with Bruce Willis and thinking, <laughs> oh man, I actually would have preferred that heaps. But, uh, anyway, that was a good one. Thanks, Ben. Great one. 
great to have Ben back on the pod and great to be back in full swing with Space Podacy. What do you think about my hot take about Bruce Willis instead of Arnick? You agree? Do you disagree? I kind of agree with me after re-listening to it. I mostly agree. I don't always agree, but this time I kind of think Arnie's mostly great. But uh, I feel like Bruce could have done all of it. But anyway, let me know what you think. Our next sci-fi episode will drop in a couple of weeks. And we have comedian Alice Fraser joining Ben and me to discuss uh, the brilliant movie by Denis Villeneuve, Arrival. Uh, such a beautiful film. I just, I just think it's perfect. And it's such a fantastic podcast as well. So I can't wait for you to hear that. That'll be coming out in the next few weeks. A big thank you to Alison for being our Patreon subscriber of the episode. I hope you enjoyed this podcast, Alison. And uh, when I see you in Adelaide, tell me what you think about Bruce Willis being in the lead role. I'm curious to know what you think. Let me know. If you would like to access extra podcasts, scripts, works in progress, big discounts to live shows and have an episode dedicated to you, head to patreon.com forward slash Justin Hamilton and you'll find a tier that suits you. That is patreon.com forward slash Justin Hamilton. And yeah, we're ready to go. Remember, if you're in Adelaide or Melbourne and you're going to come to my stand-up show, Little Victories, or the Big Squid Live event, head to justinhamilton.com.au forward slash gigs. That is justinhamilton.com.au forward slash gigs. And you'll find all the information you need. And make sure you use that Big Squid discount podcast to save money on your ticket purchase. Let's finish today's podcast with a quote from Philip K. Dick, the author of the original story that Total Recall was inspired by. Look, I thought I'd get a quote from him and then uh, I looked up some quotes and there (laughs) were so many. Like there were so many that were so brilliant. I was like, oh my Lord, I don't know which one to choose. But I've limited it to this one for now. Philip K. Dick said, We live in a society in which spurious realities are manufactured by the media, by governments, by big corporations, by religious groups, political groups. I ask in my writing, what is real? Because unceasingly we are bombarded with pseudo-realities manufactured by very sophisticated people using very sophisticated electronic mechanisms. Wow, that is such a good quote. And that was written decades ago so you thank goodness that never came about right (laughs) thanks for listening until then Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more 
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.